Hello, I'm Anthony William. You're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else. The most advanced healing information. It's not found anywhere. It's decades ahead of what's out there now. It truly is. As I've always said, who has 10 or 20 years to wait for answers to their illnesses, to their chronic aches and pains, to their fatigue to all the things they're going through, to all the different symptoms and conditions people have, including being blamed with the autoimmune disease, the body attacking itself, everything, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and you know lupus, multiple sclerosis, the list goes on, eczema, psoriasis, whatever you're dealing with, and then some Lyme disease and everything else, the answers are here on this radio show. But more than just that, the answers are in the books. They're in the thyroid healing book. They're in the medical medium book. They're in life-changing food. So make sure you're not missing out because I don't cover a fraction of what's in those books on these shows. So today we're talking about Crohn's, colitis, IBS. We're talking about gut today. So don't miss out. Make sure you're tuning in. Fasten the seatbelts. Get ready for this one because we're going into the gut. And that's a really important show. It's a really important show because we're going to talk about the liver along with that and so many things involved. So this is really one of those shows you can't miss out. You don't want to miss out that. I have to tell you this first. This is the only show anywhere, anywhere, anywhere in the U.S. or globally where the information doesn't come from medical interest groups, medical funding with strings attached, botched research. What, what does that mean? That means that the information isn't contaminated. It's not contaminated with botched research with the thumb on the scale, okay, from investors investing into uh, you know, an idea, a theory, and then an outcome has to provide something because if you don't, the investors will leave and they'll never give you another penny. That's what happens. There's people in the medical field that have a lot of influence, so they they can sell investors. You know, a, a they can a song and a dance, and they can get an invest you know investor to invest a half a million dollars, a million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars into a study, a bogus study, a propaganda that's anti fruit or whatever it is. So it ends up getting out there, circulating. So there's another. There's just another bogus study floating around that someone's going to hang their hat on, and then guess what? Nobody heals. Nobody heals. And what they do is they mask it with, oh, you do this, you get rid of processed foods, get rid of this, and we'll sell you this. And they mask it and play a game, and next thing you know it, people who are really sick don't heal from it. Um, you know, So this is really important to know. The information here doesn't have the internal kickbacks, persuaded belief systems, private panels of influencers. You don't, you don't think there's private panel in, in influencers behind alternative medicine? Oh my God, think again. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe what I know when it comes down to that. Health field payoffs are trendy traps. No trendy traps. So when I'm talking about Crohn's, colitis, IBS, there's not going to be a trendy trap in there. There's not going to be a trendy lectin trap or a trendy whatever trap or a trendy anti-fruit trap, or a trendy eat tons and tons of high fat, tons and tons of high fat trap. We're not going to have any traps like that. We're talking about really getting rid of colitis and Crohn's. And I'm not just talking about a mild case of IBS, and then someone gets rid of some processed food, and then they're better, and then, and then some expert says, oh my God, I healed somebody. Oh my God, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. For the last three plus decades, I've been helping people recover from some of the most devastating cases of Crohn's and colitis. And yeah, IBS and basically, you know, an inflamed, mysterious inflammation inside the intestinal tract because all those are mysterious inflammations, mysterious, completely mysterious. And the leading experts today think it's just food cause, that food only causes Crohn's colitis and IBS. 
They, they hang their hat on that whole idea where it's just food, and they think they have the answers to why Crohn's colitis and IBS happen. They think they have the answers, oh, it's a lectin, or oh, it's, you know, it's this food causing it. That's not really how it works. If that's the case, then what about all the people that don't have Crohn's and don't have colitis and don't have IBS? What about all those people? And they eat whatever, and they don't have that. How come it's not affecting them? Because it's not necessarily the food. We have to look out for foods when we're dealing with Crohn's, colitis, and IBS, but it's not necessarily the food. It's something else, and we're going to cover it all so that people have an actual chance to heal. And it's really important. The information on this show comes from a clean source, pure, untampered with, uncontaminated. A source has been given to me as a gift since I was a child to help people heal. And that gift was given to me because it's your gift. It's, it's for you. It's for you. The gift wasn't given to me so I can have a gift. It was given to me so you can have the answers and the answers to heal and the answers to move forward and do what you need to do to get better because chronic illness is still a mystery to research and science. And it's still a mystery, I'm sorry, to the best clinics. And it's still a mystery to the best alternative clinics. I hate to say it. Listen, I love alternative medicine. I love conventional medicine. I love it for so many reasons. It offers so much support. If you got a doctor, go up to your doctor and shake your doctor's hand because if they even got into medicine to begin with, that means they wanted to make a difference in people's lives. So, and, and it all matters, but there's also a lot of malarkey, <laughs> malarkey, a lot of malarkey going on on the scene. And the inter- internet is filled with it. The books are filled with it now and it's out of control. And so there's, it's, you know, people are just searching for answers, searching for answers. Sure, if you're not that sick and you don't have really much going on or nothing really exhibiting itself yet and you go and clean up your diet a little bit, go on to one of the tre- one of the t- 50 trendy diets that are all kind of high fat, but they one has a little twist to it, another one has a little twist to it, another one sells a vitamin, another one does this. You want to pick one of those? Chances are, yeah, your stuffy nose will go away. Your stuffy nose will go away. That's right. Chances are it will. Chances are if you're dealing with some mild aches and pains, they'll probably go away. You might even lose some weight too because you're not on all the garbage. But I'm talking about the millions of people that have tried everything, done everything, and they're really struggling and suffering. I mean, they got everything going on. They got aches and pains in their face, their head, their jaw, their head hurts. They got migraines. They got uh, panic. They got severe depression. They got anxiety, different levels of anxiety all over the place. They got tingles, numbers, n- numbness. They got tr- tremors. They got shakes. They got ticks. They got spasms. They got you know aches and pains. They got pains internally, aches and pains inside, gut gut problems all inside, bloating, extension, discomfort, constipation. And with all that restless legs, hurting feet, burning feet, feelings of neuropathy, what about all these people? And that's just, just, just a few things. You know, hair falling out, thyroiditis, everything else under the sun. What about all these people? What's going on with them? And what's happening? And that's just a scratch of symptoms. That's, I mean, I'm just, I'm, look, I could, I could probably fill a whole show with, with symptoms. The thyroid book has 100 symptoms in there with real explanations of what's really going wrong, re- real answers what's happening in the body. But when you're dealing with all this kind of stuff, a trendy high-fat diet's not going to cut it. I call it a trendy high-fat diet because they're usually mostly anti-carb, anti-critical clean carbohydrates, anti, anti it's what I call critical clean harbo, carbohydrates, anti-fruits. And they're usually anti-fruits. Most every single one of them is because they're all in fruit fear. 
That's what it is because they don't understand fruit, how it works. They don't even know that fruit can save somebody with colitis, save their lives, and they don't even realize this. Still to this day, they don't. Still to this day, one of the reasons is fruit makes no money. There's no money in fruit. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. You guys, you just you got to know that. Be suspicious out there. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. I'm going to say it over and over again because it is. It's so important to know. And so when they're anti-fruit, there's no, there's no money to be made in fruit whatsoever. No money to be made. All right, so let's, let's, let's keep on moving on. Let's moving on. Let's move on here. So why do I pick on the high-fat diets? And I've always have, and I'm doing it more and more today and, and over the days because there's more and more to pick on. What do I pick on them? I pick on them because they're liver killers. They're liver killers. Why do I care about killing a liver? Why am I talking about killing a liver on a Crohn's colitis IBS show? <laughs> Why do I care? Because it's the very like essence of how we start out and eventually get Crohn's colitis and IBS. So we eat high-fat diets. We're born eating them. Not breast milk. That's low-fat. Breast milk is low-fat. Breast milk is a sugar water. It's got very little protein, virtually no protein, because protein doesn't build a developing body. It doesn't build a developing baby. It's, it's got carbohydrates. It's got different levels of carbohydrates, not even studied by research and science. Breast milk, to start with, there's carbohydrates in it, sugars in it that haven't even been studied. There are vastly different varieties of sugars in just one cup of breast milk, just one ounce of breast milk. It's not just sugar. It's not just a carbohydrate. It's a vastly, it's a vast array of different chemical structures of sugar that are not even studied by research and science by any level, anyhow, any way. One reason, because to begin with, it's not about studying any of that stuff. It was about selling formula, sell formula, sell formula, sell formula. So you don't want to know what's in breast milk, the magical, magical, magical secrets of breast milk. They're the greatest thing in the world. Back like 30 years ago, and I was telling women, you have to breastfeed, you have to breastfeed, you have to breastfeed. I, I, was, I was like ostracized for it. People were angry. People were actually angry out there. I mean, I, I remember doctors yelling at me back 30 years ago. How can, you how can you even suggest breastfeeding? How can you even suggest breastfeeding past a month? Never mind breastfeeding at all. We have formula for that. How can you consider breastfeeding for six months or a year? How can you even consider breastfeeding for two years? And, and I would say, well, look, I, what, what it is is in breast milk, there's something in breast milk you can't get anywhere else because breast milk is a gathering, a gathering of the best things in a woman's diet, the fruits that a woman eats. If a woman eats an apple, the breast milk will actually, it'll actually gather critical, critical, critical designs of carbohydrates from that apple. And it'll it'll it it'll um, develop them in the breast milk. It's it's a miracle that happens and occurs, undiscovered, undiscovered, and you know, under researched, not even researched. So, why are we starting here? Is breast milk is low fat? It's low fat, but we we leave that low fat mindset after that natural occurrence of low fat. We just, we're just, we just eat tons of it. We eat tons of it in every way. We eat a piece of chicken, it's high fat. So you have to understand you can't eat chicken three times a day if you want to stay healthy. I'm not against animal protein and all that. I'm not against the plant-based movement either. I'm not against any of it. I don't hold the belief system. 
I'm about you, what's going on with you, what kind of illness you got going, like Crohn's, colitis, and, and IBS. I'm about that and about the real answers to getting you better. I, it's not about what side or whatever side of the aisle I'm on. I'm not involved in the food wars. I'm involved in the chronic illness war. That's what I'm in. That means that I'm there for you for chronic illness. So here's how it works. So, you, so we, we then evolve into this high-fat diet. We just eat everything, pork, we eat hot dogs, we eat beef, we eat everything. We grow up, cheese, 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 lots of cheese, everything fried, everything in grease, fine. We know, we know better now because every single diet that's trendy right now is like no fried food, no processed food, duh, 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 boring. And we know that, but we've been raised Human beings are raised on high fat. So what do we do? We make these trendy diets right now that are still high fat. They're still high fat. Oh, you eat the animal proteins to keep carbohydrates completely out. Keep keep sugars out completely. Maybe you can have a green apple if you want. Maybe you can have a few berries, but you've got to be on animal protein and protein, lots of vegetables, lots of salads now, and they're even getting crafty now. Let's bring in some green juices. Let's steal from the plant-based people. Just so you know, all of the trendy high fat diets, high protein diets, back a little go go away a little bit back and they hated green juice they hated it now they bring it in because it's making them look good they they took that from the plant-based people they stole it they thefted that that's how it works and so anyway the whole point is is the new fancy diets they're still high fat why is this bad because it kills the liver it kills the liver what happens when you kill the liver it sets the stage for the future of Crohn's colitis IBS. It sets the stage for bloating, constipation, low hydrochloric acid, pathogens, bacteria inside the gut, SIBO. It sets the stage for all of that. Pretty interesting, huh? You didn't think it would go there? You didn't think it would head in that direction? I was off on a tangent? No, it's all part of the same thing. It's all part of the same thing. I'm just letting you know how it rolls, how it goes. Fasten the seatbelts because this is going to be a hell of a ride. I'm not holding back on this one. I'm not. Do I ever hold back? Uh, I try. I, a little bit I try to hold back some stuff because, you know, because uh, I just don't want to freak you guys out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but let's go. We got to do this. <clears throat> we got to do this. So what happens when the diets are so high in fat? Because they are so high in fat. Everybody's diet is high in fat now. Even the plant-based people, it's high-fat diets. Even the raw diets were high-fat. Did you know that? That the raw diets were high-fat? So it's raw plant-based diet was just straight high-fat. It was like tons of nuts, tons of seeds, tons of nut butters, tons of nut pies, tons of oils, tons of coconut, tons of, uh, um, tons of avocado. They were all high-fat. I do know that there is a low-fat movement in the plant-based movement out there. There is a low-fat movement out there. It's really small. It's like microscopic. It's like microscopic. But it's out there. But, but basically, whether it was plant-based, vegetarian, vegetarian is eggs, 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 fish, 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 fatty, oily fish, eggs, fatty, oily fish, dairy, cheese, butter, kefir. was all fat. Everything's just fat. Goat's milk, fat. And that's what it was. Those are those are, are, are the, the human breast milk. It's a whole different ballpark. It's low fat. Humans have to be on lower fat. Their bile production, human bile production, 
only can handle so much fat in the diet. So many fats, so many overt, overt fats in the diet. This is so critical. No, what happens is we grow up, we inherit pathogens to begin with from our parents, our family members. We pick up pathogens all through school, from grade school, from daycare center, from grade school. We pick up pathogens. We pick up strep. We pick up viruses. We pick all that up. Where does it all go? It goes inside our liver. Inside our liver It's where all these pathogens go. Our liver tries to contain them, lock them up, protect us, tries to kill them. Our immune system tries to kill them. It tries to keep us safe. These pathogens all end up there because they all end up originally in our gut, in our stomach, in our gut. That's where the pathogens end up going. They end up going there. And here's what goes wrong. We're on these high-fat diets and we're burning out our bile production. Our liver bile production is so low in, in the human race right now. In many people, it's like non-existent. The liver's not producing enough bile, the strength of the bile. The bile salts aren't as strong as they are. It doesn't mean you take salt. We're going to talk about celery because that's a different story. It actually heals the liver. It, the bile salts, if you're following me here, they weaken. When they weaken, hydrochloric acid weakens as well because the stomach relies on the liver to back it up. And the liver will produce, the liver will overproduce bile, overproduce bile to try to protect the stomach too. When it when the liver burns out, when the liver starts getting stagnant sluggish, even in kids, even in children, stagnant and sluggish, children that have inherited a tr- tremendous amount of mercury or received a tremendous amount of mercury one, one way or another or heavy metals, toxic heavy metals that nobody wants to talk about, that get inside the liver of children and liver of people, and, you know, with adults and everything. We got these we got these livers filled with all this poison and toxin getting sluggish, getting stagnant. And then the bile production drops. So when an, when a pathogen enters also from outside sources, enters the mouth, somehow it's easy to get a pathogen through the mouth. You get a virus just drinking off of somebody else's cup. You can pick up Epstein Barr drinking off of somebody's cup. That's all you that's all you have to do. You can you can pick up you can pick up Epstein bars everywhere. You can pick up different strep. You can pick up different viruses, bacteria, different mutations, and everything. So, as these go into the body, the hydrochloric acid ends up diminishing. It gets lower because bile production gets lower too. So you get the the hydrochloric acid starts to, to reduce. Bile production starts to minimize and reduce and diminish. Pathogens they get into the intestinal tract in the colon and they don't die off. The bile doesn't kill. The pathogen, nobody knows this. Research and science doesn't know that the bile the liver produces is pathogen killing when it's at its top top of its game. Hydrochloric acid is also pathogen killing. But science and research doesn't know about the seven blend of hydrochloric acid that Spirit has taught me to have given people the information where there's there's a blend of seven different acids that even make up hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid isn't just one thing. And this seven blend is complicated. It helps kill off pathogens, destroys viruses and bacteria before it can reside deep into the colon, colitis, hence colitis, right? Hence colitis, deep into the colon or in the small intestinal tract, Crohn's, small intestinal tract, Crohn's, okay? So 
So this, so this is how it works. These pathogens find their way. This hydrochloric acid is diminished. We're on high-fat diets right from childhood on. After the breast milk, we go right into high-fat diet. Oh, yeah, we'll have hot dogs. We'll have hot dogs. You know, you're one years of age. Let's eat hot dogs. Let's eat hamburgers. Let's teach your children how to eat hamburgers and hot dogs. High-fat, high-fat, chicken, um, all high-fat, chicken soup, all high-fat, um, and it goes on from there. Peanut butter, lots of peanut butter, all high-fat. And it goes from there. And then the, the liver just starts to break down, starts to break down. A lot of people really early on, a lot of people later on in life. It's different for each person, different triggers, different environmental uh, things going on, different stresses in their life, different um, you know things going on. But it varies in different people. But the liver breaks down. The bile breaks down. Hydrochloric acid breaks down in the stomach. The gastric juices weaken, diminish. Bloating constipation can occur even in children all the way, of course. And then what happens, pathogens take root. They take root. Strep takes root. So you pick up strep somewhere. You can pick up strep anywhere. You pick it up. You got it in your system. It starts to root itself in. It can create tonsillitis. It can, create, it can work with mono. It can work with EBV. Strep does a lot of different things. Give you strep throat. can give you all kinds of stuff. But it works itself in, and it doesn't get killed off as it gets into the gut. It ends up proliferating or nesting or nesting or rooting itself into the linings of the gut. And it stays there. It stays there for a rainy day. And as we keep on eating high fat, unhealthy high fat, until we find ourselves a healthier version of a high fat diet, which are the trendy high fat diets of the day, which are disastrous. When, it get, when, when we, we keep on eating a certain way, and then plus we throw in foods like dairy and cheese, which is all high fat. We throw in dairy, we throw in cheese, we throw in all that stuff. We throw in butter. Like as if butter's healthy. I just listen, you can eat animal proteins if you want. Just stay away from butter if you're sick. If you got problems, stay away from butter with every with everything you got, stay away from butter. It doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you stronger. It makes you weaker. You just have to know that. And, and, and I'm not taking this from any belief system. I'm not, you're, you're not going to have to say, oh, well, wait a minute. That guy must obviously be a vegan or something. It's not about whatever that is. It's about the fact that butter will feed every pathogen in your body and will weaken your liver, break down your liver, break down your bile reserves, weaken your liver, and down the road you'll have fatty liver and you'll have lots of pathogens and probably even get hepatitis C down the road when you're 60 years old. Keep on eating butter. You want to do that? Keep on eating butter. But get rid of it. And if you're 60 now, get rid of it. So, so the deal is the bile reserve, reserves weaken. Hydrochloric acid weakens. The seven blend that's undiscovered by research and science weakens. And what happens? Pathogens nest. They nest and they root in. Now, today's trendy propaganda rhetoric, garbage, junk science, bogus science, um, experts that know nothing about autoimmune disease and know nothing, the leading experts that know nothing about why people are chronically sick. They just think food's causing inflammation in, in the intestinal tract. Foods or lectins. They think that's causing inflammation or gluten. No. First of all, lectins don't create inflammation. Listen to the lectin show, you'll know. I explained the whole thing about lectins. Gluten and other proteins and other phytochemicals and wheat, they don't even cause inflammation. They feed a pathogen 
that actually creates the inflammation. It feeds, say, strep. Strep will feed off of gluten. It'll eat it. And then you'll end up with SIBO, especially if you have low hydrochloric acid, low bile reserves because you've been eating high fat your whole life or you've been, you've been um, exposed by a lot of toxins inside the liver. So what happens, so when you eat that pizza, yeah, you can feed your SIBO. And science and research doesn't know what SIBO is, by the way. SIBO, they just think it's overgrowth of bacteria. The best science says, well, it's overgrowth of bacteria. No, it's overgrowth of strep. Overgrowth of streptococcus. It's overgrowth of strep. That's what SIBO is. So what happens is SIBO, the strep, will start feeding off of everything. It'll feed, it'll feed off of cheese. It'll feed off of dairy. It'll feed off of gluten. It'll feed off of eggs. Eggs are the worst food you can – I know they're heralded as the perfect food. I know people believe in them. I know people raise and grow them, <laughs> raise chickens and hatch them, not hatch them and lay them. I know people love their eggs. And if it's all you got and you live somewhere in Saskatchewan and it's like zero degrees out and you don't even have a store nearby – and you got chickens, then yeah, you better eat those eggs. And you better believe I stand behind you a million percent. And I'll be like, eat those eggs, eat those eggs. You better believe it. But if you have resources around that and you don't have to eat those eggs, give them away to your neighbors who will always eat eggs no matter what. Give those eggs away, but still keep your chickens because it's like therapy. It's like chicken. It's nothing like a chicken coop. Just don't eat your eggs. Because if you're dealing with bloating, constipation, IBS, Crohn's, colitis, intestinal problems, liver issues, and you're dealing with everything else, or you're dealing with viral issues, RA, chronic fatigue syndrome, I mean, chronic fatigue syndrome, ME, chronic fatigue syndrome, you name it. I mean, it, all the different chronic fatigue syndromes, the 10 labels they designed right now because they don't want to know what really causes chronic fatigue, and they keep on stumbling across possible theories of what's causing it. But they still don't even understand it, and they're blaming it on autoimmune at this point. Whatever it is you're dealing with, stay away from eggs. Eggs feed all the pathogens that nest in the intestinal linings that I'm talking about and in the colon and in the intestinal tract. They feed all those different pathogens, the viruses and the bacteria, the, the bacteria um, streptococcus that causes SIBO, the virus shingles that causes colitis. Shingles virus causes colitis. Many of you that follow my books, which you should be, if you haven't gotten the books, get them because I don't cover everything here. I just don't. And you're missing out. You're missing out. You know, I, I didn't kill myself day in and day out and still do it every minute of every day, writing the words from spirit so that no one gets the book. Make sure you get it. <laughs> so here's the deal. Bio reserves weaken in the liver from high fat. Because literally, whatever, anybody likes it or not, we're doing high-fat diets. That's what we do in the world. That's what we're design not designed to do. That's what we're told to do by design, even though it's against what our body wants. Our livers weaken. They, get, they, they die off from it. They get weak. They get stagnant. They get sluggish. They don't produce the bile. They kill half the pathogens to stop gut disease. Hydrochloric acid weakens as well in the stomach and can't break down uh, uh, proteins. 
And then all of a sudden putrefication happens and then the intestinal tract linings line up with putrid, rancid fats because the bile could not disperse the fat it needed to disperse. It didn't have enough strength to disperse the fats as they entered the duodenum, as the fats entered the duodenum. And the proteins didn't get broken down properly from the hydrochloric acid weakening. So as they entered the duodenum, it became calamity, and they harden in line the intestinal linings from years of high-fat diets and weak livers and weak hydrochloric acid from the stomach. It can happen fast in children, and it can happen later on to someone in life as an adult, and it can happen. And it does happen, and it always hits everybody in the end. And so, you know, hey, so... This is what we're talking about here. So what happens then? You get the bacteria, you get the viruses that nestle into the linings, and they hide behind that putrid fat. They hide behind those levels of fat. They hide behind all the different impacted varieties of fats from different foods. And they nestle in that fat, and they incubate, and they proliferate, and they grow it has nothing to do with sugar whatsoever. It has nothing to do with fruit and sugar. Look, high, fru- high fructose corn syrup is bad for you. It is. It's all GMO. It's just, it's just a chemical wasteland of stuff. Sure. Absolutely. You shouldn't be eating table sugar, processed table sugar. You shouldn't be eating that. But you should be eating sweet potatoes, winter squash, all the different varieties of winter squash. You should be eating that. You should be eating sweet potatoes, winter squash, regular potatoes. You can have you can have all the different fruits if you want. If you're raw, if you're a raw vegan, if you're a raw plant based person, then just don't you know don't do anything cooked. To make sure you're doing lots and lots and lots of fruit, do tons of tons of fruit, and stay plant plant based. If it's working for you, lots and lots of fruits. My twenty eight day cleanse is plant based, absolutely, and I believe in it wholeheartedly because I've seen it change lives. You can be on that your whole life. That twenty eight day cleanse, you can go twenty eight days for the rest of your life on that cleanse. And be fine. Actually, not only be fine, heal disease. Heal disease. So you can do that. But I'm saying like, you know, but if you're a cooked, also cooked plant-based person, so you like some cooked foods, do the potatoes, cooked potatoes, sweet potatoes, you, you name it. If you're, if you're paleo or some kind of high animal protein guy or girl, just lower the animal proteins to once a day. Lower them down so your liver doesn't get maxed out and your bile doesn't weaken and diminish more and more. So maybe just do four ounces of chicken once a day if you're a big chicken fan. If that's what you like to do, that's fine. I stand behind it. I support it. Make sure you bring in more fruits and vegetables. Make sure you bring in other things. And we're going to talk about the celery juice. We're going to talk about if you're dealing with a serious case of Crohn's or colitis, what you can do. And we're going to talk about all these different different levels of things. So um, let's get started. I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. So the putrid fat hardens on the linings of the intestinal tract, and it stays there, and it becomes glist- like waxy and wany, and it destroys the linings of the intestinal tracts, these overt fats that the high-trendy fat diets love to put you on. Granted, it's better, it's better to be on those diets than having all the processed garbage and all the different cakes and cookies and donuts mixed in with all the fat in there and bad sugars. And then that's a whole other story. No one's denying that. No one's saying, hey, do your cakes and cookies. All those high-fat trendy diets are all wrong. 
No one's saying that. It's just that even on a healthy, high-fat, trendy diet, you're still going to have intestinal tract lined with this stuff. You're still going to have a weakened liver, and you're still going to get set up for IBS, Crohn's colitis. But yes, if you had a mild case of IBS and you got rid of processed foods and you got rid of wheat gluten and you got rid of cakes, Coke, cakes, donuts, Coca, you know, whatever sodas and all those other stuff, you got rid of all that stuff, you know, whatever. Then yeah, maybe maybe you're you know all the soft drinks and everything else. You got rid of the coffee and you got rid of all the stuff. Then maybe yeah, you might be getting better with your IBS and you think Eureka. My high-fat trendy expert was right, but you're dealing with bigger problems, dealing with like colitis. You're dealing with viruses and pathogens that are really nestled in really good. You're dealing with those kinds of things. Then it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. So you got to lower the fats. You've got to lower the fats one way or another because the putrid fats that are lined in the intestinal linings and keeping the pathogens there proliferating and growing and, and, and rising up then we're going to get in trouble and we're going to get bouts of colitis. We're going to get bouts of colitis where we're you know, hemorrhaging. We're going to get bouts of colitis, blood vessels bleeding everywhere. We're going to get ulcerative colitis. We're going to get different kinds of colitis. It's all the same. We're going to get you know, Crohn's, different areas. We're going to get shrinking of intestinal tract and we're going to get expanding of intestinal tract. We're going to get shrinking um, constrictions and we're going to get expansions. Restrictions, constrictions, and expansions in the intestinal lining, both small intestinal tract and large intestinal tract. We're going to get all that. So what happens is as the liver gets weak, bile production diminishes more. There's no pathogen killing capabilities. And the liver gets more and more weak. Your hydrochloric acid gets weak. You're bloating, constipation. you got the worst case of IBS or dealing with IBS. you got Crohn's colitis. It could happen at a younger age, later on, later on, later on in life, in adulthood, and we got to do something about it. First of all, let's go into colitis a little bit. Colitis is viral. It's viral. Colitis is a word for medical and research do not know what's causing your condition. They say it's autoimmune and the body's attacking itself. They have no idea. Colitis is your colon has a crisis. That's what colitis means basically in, in conventional medicine and alternative medicine too. That's what it means. But what's really happening is you got a specific virus from the viral family, the shingles varieties. There's over 31 variety of shingles that I've been bring, able to bring to the table, document my books and bring to the table. That if I, I've been able to bring that information out since I was in, in, in you know, my ones, you know, my single digits, I mean, as a child, six, seven, eight, nine years old telling people that's what causes Colitis, not only telling people that, which specifically causes it, the shingles virus out of the 31 varieties that Spirit has actually told me about. And back then, it wasn't 31 varieties, by the way. They didn't mutate the 31 varieties. Back then, when I was younger in the single digits age, I think it was something like we were at like 19 varieties or something like that. Now we're at 31. I have a few years from now, it'll probably be like 33 or something because of mutations advancements into herpetic viruses and what they do. So the herpetic virus shingles nests, nestles itself inside the colon, the lining, and feeds off of foods it wants. It uses high-fat diets that we've all been raised on or switched to a healthier high-fat diet. It uses that as a secret weapon, as a secret weapon. It hides behind it. It nestles itself into it. It feeds off of it, depending on what poisons are in there. 
And then it feeds off of all the other unhealthy foods that we can eat, dairy, um, cheese. Cheese has been deemed um, a longevity food. It's healthy for you. Unreal, unreal. I wonder who who supported and invested into that one. I wonder who invested into that one. Unbelievable. Cheese, as if it's good for you. Cheese feeds the pathogens. It feeds the bugs. So when we're eating cheese... All that is being fed to the shingles virus. Shingles virus eats, and then it goes to a certain stage where it starts to release lots and lots and lots of poison, neurotoxins. They get trapped between the layers of fat that are actually on the outside of the inside of the colon, the fat that's actually in there, and they're trapped between that and the lining of the colon itself. And these, these neurotoxins get trapped in there, and they start to agitate and inflame the heck out of the colon lining and then even when the fats, the putrid fats, break off and break away and leave, the colon lining is so inflamed and so irritable, and then the virus itself can eat away its cells. It can drill cells, inflame more cells, and then you get this, hem- this hemorrhaging occurring. These blood vessels react. The inflammation is so great from the virus that it just, it just stuff starts to explode in there. That's what colitis is, and it's a shingles virus that, that, that does it. Research and science will need another 100 years to, to, to even find out that the shingles virus is behind that. They'll still be fooling around with lectins, lectin theories, or they'll still be fooling around with some other theory, or they'll just go right back to autoimmune, or they'll just say it's genetic. They probably already say it's genetic. That's one of the outs. That's one of the outs, the outs for the medical world that doesn't know what's wrong with people, what causes problems, that you blame everything on genes. It's actually brilliant, brilliant, such a secret weapon because – because geneticists and, and, and genes themselves are really, yeah, they're complicated. They're filled with information, filled with data. Interesting as heck. Everything about it's interesting. And you can't deny all that. Such a great cell. But it's not responsible for chronic illness on any level. It has nothing to do with cloning, all that. Genes are just not what chronic illness is. Chronic illness, and that's a vast mistake happening in the industries. Buy into that one and you just sold your soul. Sold your soul out because buying into your genes become becoming your problem or causing your illness or causing your Crohn's disease, buying into that, basically you just bought into you got faulty genes, you got a faulty body, you're sick because you're just faulty and your genes are the problem and you just – it's unbelievable what they'll do to protect themselves in the medical industries. It's, it's amazing. It's brilliant but amazing. Sinister, absolute sinister. So, okay, so here's the deal. And then you got Crohn's. Crohn's too is – Crohn's is a kind of a, 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 a sh- more of a shape-shifting kind of different things. It, 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 Crohn's can be viral. It can be viral. Um, even the Epstein-Barr can create Crohn's. That, you know, the Epstein-Barr can get in the small intestinal tract and, and you know, the Epstein-Barr leaches a lot, tremendous amount of neurotoxins, can create some Crohn's, different than the shingles virus. Streptococcus can create um, bacteria, can create Crohn's really easily. That's another one too. Another one too. Crohn's is a tricky thing. It, it's a it's a chronic inflammation, um, a little bit different. And the liver can also, if the liver gets so toxic and so beaten down and so filled with heavy metals, the liver can release that into the bile duct, out into the intestinal tract, and that can gather in the small intestinal tract, feeding pathogens such as, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> feeding pathogens such as strep and feeding other pathogens such as viruses too and so 
Crohn's is also bacterial, can be also viral, can be the combination of both. And that's what happens with Crohn's. It also can be from a pathway of a lot of toxins and waste coming from the liver. Another thing with Crohn's too is heavy metals can settle in the lining of the small intestinal tract. And here's what's what's funny about heavy metals. Heavy metals that we that enter into our mouth and that we actually consume in our foods or in any avenues that get into us can actually sit in the small intestinal tract. So mercury can sit in the small intestinal tract. We also can get mercury from the liver. It can, you know, leave the liver, go up the bile duct and actually end up in the small intestinal tract when the liver's really toxic, infiltrated with mercury. But the point is that mercury can settle and other heavy metals like aluminum can settle in the small intestinal tract. Crohn's has a high degree of heavy metal, toxic heavy metals, and they tend to settle in that the, that intestinal tract, sorry, in the small intestinal tract. And that's a part of what Crohn's is. Then if you have a virus like an Epstein-Barr, you have a virus like a shingles, you have a virus, and there's other types of viruses too, it could play a role. You can also have your strep. A lot of strep causes a lot of Crohn's varieties. Not every Crohn, Crohn's variety is actually um, the same. Not everyone is the same. Not every colitis variety is the same. Not every colitis variety. So it, 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 they, it tends to differ. Some have more heavy metals involved. Some colitis is the same thing. You could have the shingles virus with the, the colitis viral. The, the colitis shingles virus feeding off of a lot of heavy metals and, and actually causing a colitis that's a little different than somebody else's colitis may not bleed as intensely may just be you know, spotting a little bit of blood, may just be inflamed with spasms. Crohn's, lots of spasms happen too, though. Lots of small intestinal spasms constantly happen. And a lot of times, the liver spasming with all of it. When someone has IBS, Crohn's, or colitis, a lot of times they're feeling liver spasms, both in the left lobe, both in the right lobe. The liver is actually spasming because the liver is so problematic to begin with. And listen, here's how it works. Don't be jumping into any liver cleanses because I'm talking about this. Whatever you do it, with Crohn's and colitis, don't be jumping into any. Do not do that because I'm talking about the liver. Because liver cleanses, they're so, they're, they're not even the right cleanses out there. Nobody knows how to cleanse the liver. It, no one has a clue in the industry, in the alternative industry about cleaning livers and anything. They don't know how the liver works. They don't know about any of that. So whatever you do, don't jump on the bandwagon. It's some liver cleanse somewhere with Crohn's colitis and IBS because you might aggravate the heck out of the Crohn's, aggravate the heck out of the colitis, aggravate the heck out of the IBS. It's not a good idea. You might be taking concoctions. You might be doing, you know, taking all these different concoctions and supplements to try to clean your liver. Just don't do it that way. It's not going to be a good thing. You could agitate the heck out of yourself, and you, you don't want to do that. So with Crohn's colitis and IBS, the goal is to heal it, get it better. How do we start? Where do we start? Where do we go? You want to build your liver's bile reserves up. That doesn't mean cleaning your liver right now and jumping onto that. That's what I'm trying to say. You want to get the celery juice. Celery juice is one of these miracles for getting rid of, eventually getting rid of Crohn's colitis or IBS for somebody. It's like a miracle. 
And so celery juice, what does celery juice do? It builds up the bile salts in the liver, makes them strong. So they're pathogen killing. So they're pathogen killing, which results in reducing less strep in the intestinal tract that causes SIBO, that causes Crohn's, less viruses in the intestinal tract that causes Crohn's, less viruses in the colon that causes colitis, all of it, less toxins overall inside the intestinal tract. The, the cluster salts and celery, they bind on to toxins and they pull them out of the intestinal tract carefully, constructively, systematically, miraculously clearing them out of the intestinal tract. And guess what? Starving pathogens, killing pathogens. The mineral salts, the undiscovered mineral salts in celery I talk about all the time that nobody knows about anywhere in any movement ever. Nobody knows is that these cluster salts, these highly mineralized salts inside of celery, they help destroy pathogens. They're a poison to pathogens. They're a poison to viruses and bacteria. They strip off the membrane, the shield that viruses and pathogens have. They have a shield, and this strips off the shield and destroys them. So you do your celery juice every single day. That's really helpful, really helpful. So you just just remember that. And it's a process with healing Crohn's and colitis. You could have bouts in and out of it all because it's a process. There's a lot of poisons, a lot of toxins, and a lot of pathogens. So you can, you're going to ebb and flow as you're healing. I've helped a lot of people get their lives back. I've had the, the worst Crohn's cases over the years where you know, what, you know what healed them completely? So that their constrictions went away and their expansions went away and they, their symptoms went away and their inflammation went down. You know what healed them? At times, we had to do celery juice and bananas. And you can't do the bananas overripe, and you can't do the bananas underripe, but they have to do them just right. Kind of a couple of spots on the banana. They're yellow, but a couple of spots, and it doesn't give you that fuzzy feeling when you bite into it of an unripe banana. And when the bananas are just right, you know, blended bananas with celery juice, not celery, celery juice. I can't tell you how many people... Their lives are changed. Papaya, Maridol papayas, Maridol papayas. Remember the anti-fruit movement. They don't. They don't. They. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something right now. The anti-fruit movement and a lot of the high-fat experts. They don't care. They don't care. Just go away if you're if you're going to just you know go away if you're too sick and you can't do my program. Go away. That's what they're like. Go away. You know they don't want people too sick. They don't want people struggling with too much chronic illness because in the end, they're taking away processed foods and they're just doing their high-fat little cute little program and they're selling their supplements. doesn't get rid of so many of the hundreds of different autoimmune diseases that are classified autoimmune, that are wrongly classified autoimmune and everything else. It just doesn't get rid of all those. That's why people are bedridden. They don't want those kind of people. But I've had to help and take on those people. It's my heart's there. That's where my heart's at. And I've had to help you guys, many of you that listen to the show and many of you that don't listen to the show, that have healed and moved on with your lives and you're living happy. And I'm pretty sure, you know, most everybody listens to the show, of course. But the point, the bottom line is, the bottom line is that when you're doing the right thing, you can heal. And you got to be patient with, patient with colitis and, and, and Crohn's. 
So what I like to do is the like the banana is very important. Papaya, Meridol papaya is really healing. The aloe, you cut the aloe leaf. Go to my blog. Go to my books. Go to look at my books. You'll see how you handle the aloe leaf. You cut a couple inches off. You don't eat the green part, the green skin, green skin at all. You scoop out the gel. You make aloe water. You drink that once a day. Supplements like licorice, the right kind of licorice root, really important. Just do a little bit of licorice. Helps kill off the pathogens, gets rid of the colitis pathogen, which is shingles. It helps heal the inflammation with Crohn's, which is the heavy metals and the other pathogens, you know, strep and everything else. Lemon balm, same thing. You have a little bit of lemon balm, incredible for Crohn's, colitis, and IBS. Incredible. Avoid dairy. Avoid eggs. Avoid pork. Avoid soy. Avoid, you know, all that kind of stuff. Be cautious. Avoid gluten, of course. You know, just stay away from the gluten foods. If you're dealing with Crohn's and colitis, just, you know, you can do a little bit of avocado. You can, you don't have to be, you know, completely off fats. That's not it at all. You can do a little bit of avocado. If you're, if you're dealing with Crohn's and colitis and it's really bad, you can even push yourself to plant-based where you're eating less and less animal protein. And work yourself, build yourself up with the celery juice every day. Start there. If you're somebody that's just doesn't know where they're at and they're just on whatever and they're eating whatever, just start with the celery juice. Start with that. Start with a little cucumber juice. But I, I, I would move to celery juice after that. What you're going to do is you're going to build up your hydrochloric acid, build up your bile reserves. Your bile is going to work better. It's going to break down things better, break down the fats. It's going to actually even help break down putrid fat that's on the lining of the small intestinal tract right after the duodenum. And you're gonna and you're gonna start breaking that up and get getting rid of that, and then you're gonna start healing in the process of healing. It's very important. So, just try to keep leaky gut out of your mind. The leaky gut aficionados don't even really know how leaky gut works. It was a theory a while back. When someone really has leaky gut, meaning a real leak in their gut, they're really suffering. We're talking about fever. In the hospital, we're talking about diverticulitis infection that really went through the colon. There's other than that, leaky gut isn't what it is. It's just you know. So just try not to get confused. I write about leaky gut in the books. I talk about it before. I'm not going to go into leaky gut right now. We don't have the time. But just try not to get sucked into the leaky gut thing. Just focus on some of the things we're talking about here. Um, so look. It, Basically, with the lemon balm, I was talking about the licorice I was talking about, the aloe vera. These are basic, gentle starting points. Basic, gentle starting points. Do the no foods list. Look at look at my books. You know, you'll see my no foods lists in the books. You'll know what to avoid when you're dealing with Crohn's, colitis, and IBS. And I said, if you're on animal proteins, a lot of them, and you're dealing with Crohn's, colitis, and, and IBS, lower them, reduce them, and start bringing in, in these other foods that I'm talking about. Um, any fruits are good. You can start bringing in different fruits if you want with your colitis or your IBS. The bananas are really soothing. The papayas are really soothing. Cucumber juice is really soothing. Uh, celery juice builds you back up. Coconut water is also an option too. Make sure it's a decent coconut water, a good one. Um, and you can just start with a little bit of coconut water every day. It's very helpful for, for the whole thing with Crohn's colitis, IBS. Um, so these are some of the things you can do, some of the things be, you, you know you can work with. And then eventually when the inflammation drops down a little bit because your liver is building up, your bioreserves are building up, your hydrochloric acid is building up, 
and you're knocking down pathogens slowly, you can start to bring also other stuff in too. You know, and it, some people with Crohn's colitis can eat sweet potatoes. Some people can. You just work with it. You can try some sweet potatoes. You can try regular potatoes. If you do regular potatoes, you got to steam them. That's very important. You have to steam them. And that's an option too. Like I said, you do a little avocado. That tends to work with people with Crohn's colitis and IBS. That's something if you need to rely on some avocado, you rely on some avocado. If you're eating animal protein, minimize it to one one serving a day and then bring an avocado. Bring an avocado on another serving. It's higher fat, but the point is it's still better than doing too much animal protein when you're dealing with Crohn's colitis and IBS. Not against animal protein. I'm not against whatever. I'm, not, I'm just saying these are some of the things you can do to work with whatever you're doing in your diet, whatever plan you've, you've had all this time. Um. So cat's claw, you can always try cat's claw for Crohn's or colitis. I like cat's claw for Crohn's. I like cat's claw for IBS. Cat's claw kills off the pathogens, and that's why you get results from cat's claw. So you can start with a few tiny drops of cat's claw. That's it, a few tiny drops. Every day, just a few tiny drops. You can start slow. I like st- I like starting slow where you go where you go with you know especially when you're dealing with colitis or or, or and if, if you're on medication too for colitis or you're on some heavy medications you got to go slow you do the celery juice every single day if you did the celery juice every day for a month or two months or three months you can get a foundation so that you start healing so that you can move and and branch onto more fruits more vegetables and get to a better place with it. Well, even if you're still eating an animal protein, but also stay away from the no foods list that we talked about before. So these are some basics and what to do with it. I'm trying to give you a, um, a foundation of how it's caused, where it's coming from, how it got there, how it's here, why it's here, and then what we need to do to eventually get away from it. And one of the biggest things we need to do is lower our overt fats overall, lower them down. Whatever side or diet you're on, you got to lower them down. And then you can bring in more foods that I'm talking about. I've seen papayas become miracles to people with colitis and Crohn's. Remember that. Miradol papayas, the large ones. And you can just like, you can be blending that up, doing two smoothies a day of that. Blending bananas, doing two smoothies a day of that. And doing the celery juice twice a day. If you want to do celery twice a day, um, the juice, that could be a very good possibility. So these are just little secret weapons, little secrets to actually getting better, recovering from this. So I hope I gave you something to work with today and something to understand and how it all works, how we get there, how we're here with this illness, how we're dealing with it, and and how we can move forward and heal from this very important, very important healing needs to happen for so many people that are going through this. Listen, I stand behind you guys. I'm with you 100%, one day at a time. Just know I'm with you. And we can do this together. We can do this together. I stand with you. We can do this. We can heal. We can move forward. Just know I believe in you. I love you. You take care. Take care of yourself one day at a time. And um, yeah, God bless you. And I'll see you on the next show. I'll see you then soon. Okay, bye now.